you can see bison in some parts of Oklahoma. Right? What? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's legit. everybody and thank you for tuning in to this next episode of Cultured and Loud. I'm Scott and I'm here with my co-host Christine. Hey y'all. So I'm super excited to introduce our special guest today. It's also Christine and Jesse's first time meeting her as well. She's a dear friend who I can always count on and she keeps me grounded preventing me from my more dastardly deeds like making LaCroix milkshakes which we won't talk about. The thing that I admire most about her is that she's always striving towards the best that life has to offer and challenges everyone to reach for the amazing heights to which we are called. So let's welcome Amy Weaver. Oh, thank Hi, you, Amy. Thank you. Hello. That was such a kind introduction. I am so honored to be here. Very excited. This is my first podcast appearance. Yay. So. That's exciting. So fun. Yeah, so before we start, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. All right, so my name is Amy, like Scotty said. I grew up in the Dallas suburbs, and then I did my undergrad at Oklahoma State University, and I had every intention of moving back to Dallas, um, starting grad school, then getting married and having babies, um, and the Lord very clearly one day told me, Amy, that's not what I desire of you to go back to Dallas right now. So uh, I had a little freak out and then I moved to St. Louis um, and I did ministry in St. Louis for a year. And then um, once again, the Lord really shook things up and called me back to Oklahoma. Uh, so I currently work as a youth minister in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, which is just outside of Tulsa. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm super hyped to have another, another Oklahoman on the show, even though definitely more of a Boomer Sooner fan. Um, so <laughs> let's get into the topic, the 2,000-year discernment model of the church. So the first question that Scotty's written is, we all want to live the best life and have big dreams and ambitions and goals we all want to achieve in order to get to that point. What's your idea of living the best life or living life on purpose? So when I hear that, I like instantly think of um, the phrase, like the glory of God is man fully alive. Um, and I think of like, okay, like what is making me, like what is really life giving for me that is like giving the Lord all of the glory. Um, so really I think ultimately like, yeah, like what, makes me like live my best life um is when i'm like truly obedient and like listening to the lord and like all of like the little ways that we can say yes throughout the day um and then just little moments of joy um like purposely seeking those out because there's so many that we just don't at least i know i don't always recognize um, unless i'm being really intentional um about trying to see like oh wait like Lord, like, thank you for this, like, beautiful gift of, like, this basil plant. Like, I'm so grateful someone gave this to me. Like, what a joy. Like, it 
smells nice in my home, it's beautiful, or just like little things like, wow, like there wasn't any traffic today, so I got to spend more time with my friends. Um, so just little things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm actually um, was thinking um, kind of like along the same lines there. And I think um, for me, it's the idea of living life on purpose is about being intentional. Um, and I kind of recall back to our uh, conversation that we had with Ingrid when she was on the show. And one of the things that stuck out to me was um, she says, we are not meant for a life of misery. We are meant for a life of joy. Um, just like you said, Amy, um, that's just beautiful. We are meant for joy. We are meant for, you know, this <clears throat> experience of being made whole. Um, and, and I think for us Catholics, I think that joy is summed up as living in love with Jesus, others, and yourself as well. Joy. J-O. Why? And as St. John Paul um, once wrote, man cannot live without love. Um, I think love really is the key to living um, our best life. Yeah, I would definitely like echo both of those sentiments. And I think that it's really easy to kind of like get caught up in these like big dreams and ambition, especially like being a part of like Washu culture for like a little bit over a year now. And just like seeing the ways that like people like try to follow these like paths, even when like they're clearly unhappy. And like, for me, like I've definitely had a wild, wild discernment ride in figuring out where God wants me to be and like what he wants me to do. And I think it's just like finding and like recognizing like what brings you joy like big or small and that like not everyone is meant to be like this like great like money maker or like this like cha like world changer like small is like good too and I think that I'm like kind of in a place right now where I'm like starting to figure that out and like try to like be more like introspective about like my own habits and like what brings me joy yeah I know for me um I definitely was very like goal-oriented, very driven, like, I'm not just going to be in this, like, student organization. I want to have a leadership position in it. I want to, like, make changes, like, same with, like, my classes. Like, I don't just want to, like, pass the class or get an A. Like, I want to be the best student. Um, and I noticed, like, throughout my undergrad how, like, those, like, little tendencies were not super helpful for me um, and sanctifying me. Um, it just really like brought me like further away from what the Lord was asking. Um, and when I was looking, it was my going into my senior year, trying to figure out like, or maybe my junior year, just like trying to see like, okay, like, wait, like, what am I actually supposed to be doing? And, um, uh, the chaplain at our college for our Newman Center, Father Kerry Wachowicz, was telling me, like, okay, does it bring you joy? Is it something the world needs? And, like, does it make you holy? Um, and, like, that's kind of how I discern, like, is this, like, the path I want to go on? Because there were a lot of things that I was good at, um, but they didn't necessarily bring me joy. Um, and that ultimately like the Lord is not asking us to be miserable. Like no one likes a sour Christian. Um, like we want to be like sweet um, and alluring so that others like 
see like Christians living, living, Christians being fully alive and saying like, wow, like there's something different about them. Like I really desire that and not necessarily desiring like the lifestyle or like the path that they're going on, but like desiring Christ because that's who we are called to imitate. And I really like what you said there. Like the questions I asked myself, um, kind of, kind of like along that the same path. Um, but I usually ask myself, um, who am I? Where am I? And what do I want? Uh, going back to the dawn of creation, at the moment of the fall of man, when God enters the garden and he asks, "Where are you?" Don't think he was asking that question um, in like the geographical sense, but more, where are you in your life right now? He really wants to call us into that space of you know, actually connecting with ourselves and just seeing like what it is that we need in the moment, um, where, where is it that we need to be, um, who are we now, and who do we want to be? Um, and I think just like kind of reflecting on that, um, really helps to put like whatever decision I'm making into like perspective. Yeah, I definitely have like a more difficult like time being like introspective about like what my joys are, like what I'm looking for like in life and stuff. And me and God have a very interesting relationship to say the least, because it's usually just like me coming up with these like elaborate like 10 year plans for like what I want my life to look like or like what I want like things to look like. Like I've always been like pretty ambitious. And um, I think it's just like me like, Sometimes I get into a habit of, like, thinking of, like, what I want is, like, definitely, like, what God wants. Like, there's no way, like, it's, like, different. And then it just takes, like, a second of, like, me, like, thinking, like, looking back and being, like, very, like, intentional about it to be, like, maybe, like, this isn't, like, what it wants. Because when I was in a little theological hole in February, I remember, like, reading a ton of, like, catechism to figure out, like, what I was feeling. And something that, like, really has always stuck with me is that, like, God doesn't ever leave us, like, more anxious, like, more hurt, more confused than, like, we should be, like, God and, like, his plan always bring us, like, this greater sense of, like, peace, and so, like, as I've been, like, discerning, like, what I want to do with my life, like, what's next, like, whether that's, like, the summer or, like, very far off in the future, I try to, like, think about, like, what brings me joy, and, like, those, like, things that you do that, like, you're so passionate about, that, like, the time that you spend on it feels, like, almost, like, nothing, like, things that you actually, like, want to work on, because I've definitely taken roles where, like, the days seemed to like very much stretched because like they were prestigious they were good opportunities but like they worked for me and I think it's like coming to terms of, like just because something is like good is not mean that it's like good for you or necessarily good for like everyone mm-hmm. yes that was like a big thing I think like I think back to the last three years and I made a lot of like really big decisions um that were definitely difficult uh, to make Quite a few of them felt like, wow, I have so many good options. But then there were also others where I looked at the options. It's like, wow, like this really sucks. Being like none of these seem great. But I always, like you're saying, Christina, I always go back to like remembering like God is not desiring for me to be like an anxious mess that has like, just like doesn't feel at peace. Like that is not from the Lord. Um, so I think like for me, like with a lot of decision making, I do have to like continually remind myself of that or I just like find myself getting caught in this cycle of like, well, what if I did that? What if I did that? 
or like this would have played out differently. I know for me, the last like really since uh, the pandemic began, um, I've just had a lot of questioning of like, should I have left St. Louis? Like, would I be happier if I were still in St. Louis where I had um, a really large support system of other youth ministers and a good like community of young adults and then my extended family there. But then like, I remember like, oh wait, like the Lord would not have let me go down this path and clearly called me on it um, for it to not be the right thing. Like, why would he do that? And then I like remind my like all of these like wonderful moments that I've had in Oklahoma um, began to come to mind of like, wait, I wouldn't have learned about this if I were still in like a really comfortable place somewhere else. Like comfort, we like have to be okay being uncomfortable in order to grow. Uh, even though it is really nice sitting inside your like little box of comfort um, and not having to do much growing or thinking or being challenged, but like, the Lord does not want us to stay there. And I I know I don't desire to stay where I was at when I was 19. I, yeah, would not want to be 19 again. But back then, like, that was, <laughs> I, like, could not, like, think of anything else. <laughs> No, I think like I definitely resonated with that because I remember Jesse and I were having a really meta like 2 a.m. conversation the other day where like being comfortable is like really nice right like if you're especially if, like risk aversive like you know it's really hard to get hurt when you're like comfortable but like, like often the things that God calls us to do things that like we're actually passionate about are like there's a lot of like emotional investment in them they're not easy like it's much much easier to get hurt and like as Jesse would put it it's not about like finding things that like don't break your heart or don't make you cry. It's about things that like make it almost like worth it. That actually reminds me of a conversation that um, I had with a, a buddy of mine who used to live here um, in St. Louis. He was here about a year, but he really hated his job. He was just looking all, all around for um, just different positions. He was hoping to land one just anywhere else in St. Louis, but um, couldn't find anything. So. This one day, he just rage applied for positions outside of like St. Louis, like out of state. And there was one particular one in, in Seattle that uh, he did end up taking. Um, but just like the whole process of deciding whether or not to take it was almost a struggle for him because um, he had just established himself in the St. Louis community, um, like the young adult community, the Catholic community. And he just like really. Just like heartbroken, he had to um, leave town. And this one night, he was on another phone call with his friend, who was a focus missionary. And um, basically, his friend told him, "We're not meant to be comfortable, dude. God tends to call us in the middle of a storm when we're in a rocking boat to get out of the boat and walk on the water toward Him." And I remember him reacting to that. He's like, wow, that, that hit me like a, a box of airplane parts because he worked for Boeing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a huge um, deal of trust and trust and dependence, on, especially on the grace of God. Um, 
in those moments where uh, we're taking that first step out into the unknown. Yes, and I like constantly think too, um, and I just like have to laugh about it. Uh, if I'm like wanting this life of comfort, why, like, why would I take a job working for the church and working with teenagers? Like that is not, nothing about that is like super comfortable. Uh, but it brings so much joy and like it's something that I'm good at and the world means and it brings me joy so like yes like this is like where I'm meant to be even among like all of these like little discomforts that feel like so big at the time I remember I it was at the end of all or in the middle of August I left St. Louis I packed um everything into my Honda CRV and I started <laughs> driving to Oklahoma and um, I didn't even know I hadn't found a place to live yet so I was living with a family that was going to be hosting me um, mm -hmm. I knew nothing about them besides their address <laughs> so I was just like going and that like if you would have told me that a year or two years or three years prior like I would not have believed you. I, I had everything planned out to the T of like, okay, this is when I'm going to take the GRE. Then I'm going to apply for this graduate program. Then I'm going to graduate. Then I'm going to start grad school. Like everything was so planned out. Um, at like, and now here I am with all of my belongings in my car driving to Oklahoma to the house of someone I don't know where I'm going to live for a month. Like, mm -hmm. What? And I think that brings us to our next question. So for those of you who don't know, I'm from like the Edmond, Oklahoma area and went to school at in Santa Fe. Uh, and Scott seems to think that Oklahoma is the same, that it's just one big plane and that me and Amy have got to know each other. Because I did not say Tulsa. that. <laughs> you were like, she's from Oklahoma. Bro, okay. you know, That's all I said. Um, and when he writes my lines for the podcast, he always starts them with yeet or howdy or y'all. Yeah. Um, I see. I, to I told you Amy would like that. <laughs> Literally, every single time he does my lines, it's like, uh, like he like does this like long elaborate intro and it's like, Christine, howdy. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> this is exactly how I talk. Um, thank you, Scott. You're welcome. How do you think so Eat. <laughs> so we were just hoping that you could tell us a little bit about your time in St. Louis and then also transitioning to Tulsa, which is the other side of Oklahoma, for those of you who don't know. And what are the important things that you learned about yourself, your dreams, and the process of getting to be where you desire to be? Yeah, so my time in St. Louis had some really high highs and some really low lows. Um, which is like pretty common of your first year in youth ministry. So it's to be expected, but I was really not prepared for it. Um, living in St. Louis was such a treat um, to have such a wonderful like Catholic community. It was so vibrant, um, like something I had never like witnessed before. I loved how like close knit the parishes were and how, you know, kids would go to preschool at their parish and then stay there in the school through eighth grade, go on to a Catholic high school and then want to move back into that same neighborhood after they like went off to college and came back and got a job so that their children could have that same 
experience. I just thought that was so beautiful. Um, and then like all of like the rich traditions of the different communities was great. I love a good fish fry. Um, mm. Definitely love a good fish fry, toasted raves, definitely a favorite. Yes. Um, and then Christmas trees at Ted Drew's, so fun. Like, so, so fun. Um, and then, yeah, just like the youth ministry community there was another thing that was really special, just getting to work alongside so many like-minded <clears throat> ministers, um, kind of in the same like stages of life that I was in at the time. Um, it was really sad for me to leave St. Louis. Um, it was not something that I was expecting um, to be leaving. I cried um, for a week. What? <laughs> I cried for a week when you left. It was, it was a very, it was very sad. And I left like very soon. I was offered a job at the, like on the last day of July. And I started working um, in Oklahoma on August 15th. So I had like two weeks of like so many goodbye dinners and happy hours and brunches and it was very bittersweet, but um, the Lord really wanted me in Oklahoma. So a little bit about the Diocese of Tulsa. We are a rural diocese, um, like a mission one. Um, only 3% of the population here is Catholic. So um very different from St. Louis. I believe St. Louis is like 22 or 24% Catholic. Um, so for those of you who have not been to Oklahoma, there is a Protestant church um, on every corner. Um, I probably would feel safe saying there's more Protestant churches in Tulsa than there are like Catholic churches in St. Louis. Um, like in St. Louis, I felt like there was always a church, but like here, it really feels like there's always a in church. the heart of the Bible Belt. Yeah, yeah. So like, doing ministry in the Bible Belt is so so different than it was in St. Louis. Um, most of our teens go to public school um, or they're homeschooled. There's a big homeschool community here, um, but they are like just facing really different cultural. Um, aspects than the teens would in St. Louis. Uh, in St. Louis, it's like chill to be Catholic. Like no one really questions it. I, at least I never was, I've never had to answer any like apologetics questions from Protestants in St. Louis, whereas here, I feel like I do that a lot. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Tulsa has been really wonderful. Um, in that we have like a very small uh, but close-knit community here so if you're catholic in tulsa with you know it being two or three percent um catholic you like really have to be committed um to your people and just like being involved so i love that just the intimacy of it has been really wonderful to be a part of and I also think it's just like an Oklahoma thing to like know everyone and like I don't know about you but I definitely have so many moments where I'm like oh my gosh like how do you know that person like I know them like I went to high school with them or like I did like x y or z like organizations with them um so like growing up Catholic here that definitely has been like a highlight just like being able to know people across like parishes and like go parish hopping um pretty frequently well, I kind of felt like that in St. Louis. So it's been like a different feeling. Like in St. Louis, as someone who didn't 
go to high school in St. Louis. Um, I don't get to answer the question of where did you go to high school? Um, so <laughs> it was, yeah, classic St. Louis anytime. So the University of Tulsa has a lot of students from St. Louis. And anytime I see a St. Louis blue shirt or a Cardinals shirt, or I saw a Slough High sweatshirt once. E like, represent. Shout out to Slough High, Junior Billikens. Yes, go Slough. <laughs> but in St. Louis, it really felt like everyone knew each other. Like, But it still was a much bigger city. I like joke with friends that I moved to the Wild West. Um, it's, <laughs> it's sometimes creating <laughs> stereotypes. <laughs> It sometimes feels like that, but yeah, it still has like that really close knit community. Like I, I love that I know so many priests here um, and that like my friends and I are also like able to just be like, hey, Father Healy, like why don't you come over for dinner this week or Father Vince, like come to this birthday party. Um, so like the priests are just like a part of our daily lives here, which is such a beauty of having a smaller community as we get mm -hmm. to all be just closer. It's so fun. Yeah. And with the advent of Tiger King, I'm truly never going to stop answering questions about Oklahoma. <laughs> at um, I've answered, is the land like flat for miles and miles? I mean, I was like, Kind of, I guess. Depends on which Oklahoma you're at. Um, I've been asked. Oh, there's so many. Um, I've been asked if I knew how to ride a horse. Definitely been asked that a few times. When uh, I was doing an internship at a um, residential children's home in St. Louis, one of the kids there um, told me I like said I was going to be moving back to either like Texas, but I would drive through Oklahoma. And this kid told me to think of them um, when I saw a tumbleweed. And I was like, well, I, I don't think oh. I'll ever think of you if I'm looking for a tumbleweed. That's not really a thing in Dallas. <laughs> have you seen a tumbleweed, Christine? I haven't. Actually, yes, I have. But, like, far off from where, like, I'm from. Um, Whoa. That's so cool. metro vibes. Um, like, I don't know. They're not as, like, rural as people would, like, assume them to be like I'm pretty sure Oklahoma City has more people than like St. Louis does um like actually living within it um and not in the suburbs yeehaw but yeah many 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 questions about Oklahoma I've had people like break down and saying like Oklahoma to me Oklahoma exclamation point from Oklahoma the music oh the uh, song <laughs> yeah oh like the song <laughs> My first week in St. Louis, I had at least four people sing it to me. Um, oh, like, oh my gosh, I never met someone from Oklahoma. And in Stillwater, we sing the Oklahoma song at the football games. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is wonderful. It is, it is a real thing. Um, it's a bop. Wow. It, it, it is a bop, truly. Like, I, I would listen to it. I actually did. There was um, one time <laughs> I was going from... St. Louis to Dallas, um, which is like a 10 hour drive, I think. And um, I needed some inspiration partway through. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll listen to the Oklahoma song as I'm crossing the Missouri Oklahoma border. <laughs> and then when I cross the Oklahoma Texas border, I'll listen to Deep in the Heart of Texas. And it really boosted the morale because both oh songs. Oh my are gosh. Good. <laughs> 
Wow, that's incredible. Classic. Um, if you don't learn it here, you'll learn it quite soon enough. Yes. I really hope the Muni does Oklahoma sometime because I would totally go. Yeah. Just to see that. All right. We'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah. of Oklahoma is not that exciting. It's just the song and the fact that I'm from there. Otherwise, like, I probably yeah, wouldn't be as big of a fan. I'm trying to think. I mean, Eskimo Joe's cheese fries, excellent. Um, uh, the I Gathering Place in Tulsa is kind of fun to go to once or twice. Um, you can see bison in some parts of Oklahoma. Really what? Nice. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's legit. I know. Um, we do, oh, we do have people at church that have like chickens and goats in their backyard. So yeah. like that's something you don't really see a lot of in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So there are some fun things in Oklahoma. Whoa. Walmart. Walmart is excellent entertainment. We don't yes. have the products or the Muni, but we have Walmart um, after 10 p.m. It's wild. It's a true oh, show. Oh, gosh. I think that's like all Walmarts in general, I feel like. <laughs> no, it's like a thing to like go and park there with your friends and just do like random, like just like run around the store. Uh, like there's nothing better to do. Um, hideaway Pizza is one of my favorite places in Oklahoma. Mm, the uh, my friends and I used to like go down to the parking garages in downtown Oklahoma City a lot because like you can kind of pretend that you live in a big city like then because like little Devon Towers like in the background and whatnot. Um, it's just like a classic Oklahoma City. like you know like the senior picture spot of like every town. Uh, yes. Garage would definitely be that one uh, in Oklahoma City at least. Yeah I live right by a park that is the total senior picture spot. And since quarantine, um, people are like out more. And there's all, literally every time I drive past, and I say since quarantine, I'm sure in the winter people aren't taking pictures. So this might just be like a normal springtime thing at Woodward mm. Park. But there are always like people taking pictures for prom, graduation, senior pictures, quinceaneras, wedding photos, like all the pictures all the time. And that is what, like, when people are like, oh, like, what do you, what do people do for fun? That's what I think of, because that's the only time I see people in the park is taking pictures. Yeah, taking pictures is definitely one of our favorite pastimes. I remember my friend Lauren would be like, um, the sunset, like, rises at, like, 7, so you're going to come to my house, like, 6.50. We're going to drive up to this field, and we're going to take pictures in this field. And I'm like, okay, let's go. That was a thing. People did that in Stillwater. There was like a cotton field that yes. people, like a bunch of like sorority girls would go into this cotton field and take pictures. At like and sunrise. I, yes, at sunrise or at golden hour. Never yeah. fail. Uh -huh. And I just like, I don't know if I can get behind that. I'm learning so much about Oklahoma culture right now. And guys, that is the goal of Cultured and Loud. Oklahoma, there's like round trip flights from Tulsa to St. Louis. I think like each flight is like 49 bucks or something. Mm. Interesting. The tickets here are like pretty cheap. Um, nice. I'm intrigued. Yeah. And they All right, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> That's your quarantine vacation. Sermon is a, a fun process. Um, 
<laughs> and just like wherever we are um, in pursuing our purpose in life, there's going to be setbacks and times where faith and failure meet. And these times can be really, really tricky um, and hard to navigate through. So how would you describe your relationship with your setbacks? Setbacks are just tough. Um, I have a really hard time with it, especially when it feels like everything's out to get you and there's no like light at the end of the tunnel. But I just like have to constantly like remind myself of like, there is hope in the resurrection. The Lord wants us to be joyful. He like desires like greatness for me. And that is not always going to be easy. Uh, it's really tough to pray in some of those times. But I think like my biggest thing is just like keeping consistency. Um, and if anything, like adding more prayer into it. So I know uh, that making choices, especially like big decisions when things are not going well, like in the Ignatian rules of discernment, it tells you like, that's not allowed. You're not supposed to do that. Like, just like keep on going down the path you're going, like be firm in your faith and like wait it out. And usually when I follow that rule, which is not a majority of the time, I'll be real honest. Mm -hmm. um, things like art, like I am able to see a lot clearer, um, especially when I add that like extra time for prayer and meditation and um and then sometimes just like when i have like a really big problem sometimes saying like okay like i'll just like not think about that right now like maybe there is like something a little deeper that is like causing me to feel that way um, and have like these like strong emotions either like really positive or really negative towards something and there's like most of the time there's something like a little bit more below the surface that um i need to pray through and work on yeah it's really beautiful i really like that um i know for me setbacks and i definitely have a very interesting relationship uh, especially when it's like something that i know is coming and i've done all the best that I could do with like planning for it then all of a sudden oops we're thrown off the rails um <laughs> like I know for me I have this um certain set of expectations for myself and when I just fall short I have this tendency to be really harsh to myself um I start to doubt myself a whole lot and I think I, I definitely do like begin telling myself um, like these lies that I'm not good enough or I don't have what it takes. I'm not going to make it to where I want to be. And I, a lot of the times I end up believing like those lies that I tell myself. And I mean, looking at where I am now, I can definitely say that I think I've moved to a place where I'm really learning how to love myself better and just be kinder to myself. I mean, nobody likes setbacks, but I think if you, if we allow those experiences to teach us, I think we find that we're actually taking a step forward rather than taking a couple back. And I think that we'll find that we're actually headed towards where we want to be, even if it looks like a 
a whole like a lot different than what we expect. Um, like especially um, during this whole COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird, wonderful, beautiful process of becoming. Yeah, and I definitely see a lot of that as well. Like just learning how to be gentle with myself has been really difficult. Um, and so many times I like go into prayer and I say, Lord, like here are these expectations that I am putting on myself. Is that what you expect of me? And if it is not, like, please remove them. And that's been really helpful too. And like clearing things up and then yes, like the path can look so different. Um, I am not on the path that I set out to be when I was 18 or 19, 20, 21, 22. And um, it looks really different now, but I cannot imagine doing something else. Like I really love like where the Lord has placed me. And then not just that, but like the journey that I've gone on um, has been really like transformative. And all of like the people that I've been like able to interact with and like be invested in by like would not have happened if I, like honestly, if I would have said like, when I was in college looking for jobs after graduation, like, Lord, I know you told me you don't want me to go back to Dallas, but I don't care. This is like, this is what I desire. I'm going to go to Dallas, go to grad school and get married. Like that is what I want. And because I want that, you probably want that because you want me to be happy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, like the Lord wanted me to leave. He wanted me to, um, go out and learn, um, all of these lessons and humility and grace um, and learning just how to be meek, but also like a strong leader and um, that I don't think I would have learned if I took like the comfortable route of going back to where I came from um, and doing more school because I didn't know what else I was good at. I live right by the main road. So. That was your ninja blender. I was like, what? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I also live, so, oh, Scotty, another um, Oklahoma thing, earthquakes happen here, Yeah. Um, and you, we had one the other week, and it was the same weekend that Trump was in town, um, I wow. the apocalypse was upon us, when I felt that oh. earthquake, I was, like, in bed, it's, like, it's, the time is coming, good thing I went to confession last week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! So long that like natural disasters do not affect me anymore. Like I don't think there's a tornado like warning. Time to go on a walk. You know, like it, <laughs> I don't think I would go to the basement. Like I when I was at my aunt and uncle's house in St. Louis, there was one day. Um, so like I lived like upstairs, and then they lived on the main floor, and then there was like the basement. And mm -hmm. um, there was one day they like called up to me, which they like never did. We like kind of treated each other like adult roommates, not like a great aunt and great uncle to like great niece type of thing. So it wasn't like a parenting situation, but they like called up, which I thought was strange. You're like, Amy, why aren't you downstairs? There's a tornado. Like you need to get in the basement. Like, no, it's fine. It's fine. If this is the Lord's time to take me, so <laughs> take me. No, it's like, I felt that. Um, 
it's like an Oklahoma thing to have like a tornado shelter like inside your garage like yeah like it's yeah. that I knew about um you know like yeah you, you like register it so the police check on you if there's like a tornado because you can only like unlock it from the top mm-hmm. um we've had that for like almost 10 years now and I don't think I've ever been in there once just because I'm like it's not that bad I'm gonna go to bed it's bedtime it was Can't funny because people from Missouri were like when they found out that I lived on the second floor, they were like, Amy, what are you going to do when there's a tornado? Like, you, how are you going to be safe? I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll be fine. Apparently, my apartment building does have a basement we can go in. Um, but my next door neighbor, she's like, yeah, we don't really go in there all that much. I just am too tired to go downstairs. So That's real. I figured. That's pretty real. I, sincerely, I really hope the Lord does not... Um, have a tornado come through my neighborhood because I'll probably sleep through it. I'm just like kind of desensitized to it by now. Mm-hmm. After like the earthquakes, cars, what's a tornado? Wow. Wow. Yeah, you get really desensitized to it because I sleep through earthquakes now. I use not, I like, I wasn't able to for a while, but definitely can't now. Uh, so. Dang. You Oakland kids are tough. <laughs> <laughs> Very tough. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> yeah, anyways, um, I really appreciate what you said, Amy. And that reminds me a lot of one of my favorite quotes um, from St. Francis de Sales. Um, he says, bloom where you are planted. And just like, no matter where we end up um, in the unknown, um, we're not abandoned. And we were made to just like blossom into the fullest expressions of, of who God meant us to be, just like no matter where we are. And he doesn't leave us alone in that process. He's part of the gardening, um, so to speak. And that's just really beautiful. And I love that about God. <laughs> I know, I really love that too. Just in like knowing that the Lord desires holiness um, and joy for us now. Um, He's not waiting. I think for a lot of like very ambition, ambitious, like goal-driven people, um, especially like I think of like the Washi students. Um, It's like, I will not be happy until I have reached this goal. Like I have um, this stepping stone to this one, to this one, to get to this end goal. And until then, like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. I have to get there. But, like, that's not how, like, Christianity works. And that's not what God is wanting us to feel like. We have to, like, earn his love by doing something or being a certain, like, version of ourselves. It's like, no, he loves us where we are. And he is going to tend to us and our needs in the moment. He, like, truly cares for us in all stages and yeah like we do have that responsibility to say like yes lord i am going to do your will here um and bloom in this garden that you've set me in Mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful well i think we're coming to the end of our time here um yeah just thank you again for coming on the show with us thank you that was very sweet thanks for having me it was fun Live life on purpose is to live with intentionality. 
finding out what's true north for you and then setting sail towards it. Ultimately, I think the beautiful purpose of our existence is to learn how to best become love and to love well. And it's a process with ups and downs and many twists and turns, but it's worth it in the end. And since St. Louis just seems to be everyone's discernment place, I guess, in my first year in St. Louis, I can truly say it's been a lot between trying to figure out what I wanted to study to adapting to living pretty much out of a suitcase. There were so many times I was stuck wondering if this is where I was supposed to be. But in this extremely formative and difficult time of my life, I've learned to follow things that you're passionate about, the things that you could spend hours on and have a few like seconds. And it's important to acknowledge that we are each called to do different things and that your process of discernment is going to look very, very different from those around you. Stay cultured, y'all. And a final word of thanks to a couple of people who made this all happen. To Jesse Martinez, our executive producer, to Liz Murphy, our marketing consultant and designer, Eric Stars, our public affairs director, Michael Schreiner, our strategy consultant, and our intro song, Doc Beat, was written by me, Scott Wynn. See you all next time and stay cultured and loud and use the 2000 year discernment model of the church.